Hi, and welcome to Beyond Parking, a podcast brought to you by the British Parking Association. My name's Joey, and I'm here today with Julian, and we both work in the technology, innovation and research team. Thank you, Joey. Yeah, um, I'm actually Joey's boss, but she's uh, she didn't say that. I'm trying to avoid saying he's my boss. They like being told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I'm not going to do that today, obviously, Joey. Yeah, so I'm the head of technology innovation research. And uh, today we are really excited to launch this podcast, but also help launch a wonderful initiative that the BPA has led on with technical partners, Just Park, Your Parking Space and Parkopedia. It's a web resource that points NHS staff, health and social care workers and eligible volunteers towards all of the wonderful free parking offers that our sector are offering currently. And we're gonna hear from some key players who have helped set up this resource. Yeah, and it's really exciting. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a volunteer for the NHS. I've just signed up and I've got the Good Sam app and I had an email the other day telling me about the free NHS parking app. And it's, it's, it's really gonna help people out because everyone who's volunteering, they're, they're gonna be driving around, giving supplies and things. And it will really help with reducing the cost of actually volunteering and stop people being impacted by by coronavirus financially, which obviously I know a lot a lot of people are already quite heavily impacted yeah, by coronavirus. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And this podcast is a testament to how things can work virtually. Uh, you planned to do this podcast on face-to-face interviews. We had some nice recording equipment. I did, I did. We've got the most high-tech equipment, which is currently sat in the corner of my bedroom in Brighton. So I'm sat on the floor right now doing this podcast and we're doing it after after trying with all the equipment, trying all the different stuff. Uh, yeah. We've realised that actually the best way to do this is via Zoom. Obviously, bear with us because this is, um, aside from this being our first podcast, this is also everyone's doing it from home. And you'll notice throughout the interviews we're doing, there's a couple of times where people are walking around. But hey, it's all it's all good fun. We've all experienced the epic fails of uh, virtual communication by now, I'm sure. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. There's been some <laughs> funny ones. There has. Back to the matter in hand. Uh, for any of you listening that want to check out this website, it is at www nhs-freeparking.co.uk and that will take you to the landing page which tells you more about eligibility criteria in councils uh, in private car parks and then there's a search button which takes you to over a million parking spaces that include local authority commercial car parks and private driveways and uh, today we're going to hear from our technical partners Just Park with their chief executive Anthony Eskenazi your parking space and their chief executive Harrison Woods and Ali Woods, um, who Ali Woods? <laughs> no, 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 she's, no, no. She's, she's recently married Harrison Woods. <laughs> she hasn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they got married. Said it wrong already. <laughs> Take two, and also the local authority account manager at the BPA, Ali Twos. Right over to the first interview, which is Anthony Eskenazi. Hi Anthony, welcome to Beyond Parking, it's great to have you on the first show. I was just wondering, to kick things off, if you could tell me a little bit more about Just Park. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, so Just Park is a website and app that helps drivers find the most convenient parking space close to wherever they're going. We provide this service by working with landlords of all shapes and sizes, 
everyone from a commercial car park operator to commercial office, hotel, church, school, and even homeowners with their private driveways. And what we do is we connect all of the underutilized parking spaces sitting in this sort of sitting idle on this land to drivers needing somewhere convenient and affordable to park. We were aware that you were doing something with your business for NHS staff. Could you tell us a bit about how you um, developed that resource before we get onto the uh, NHS website? So over the last um, decade or so, we've built up what is probably the UK's largest decentralized network of space. But we realized that the network of space can be used in, in a way which can also help and aid the health workers during this crisis because they just need um they need a space to put their car they need uh, potentially we need to repurpose some of those spaces for testing facilities um but we also know that we have an incredible ability to increase the size of this network as well bring on more inventory in areas where there's where there's peaks of demand and we knew that around hospitals there's going to be a surge of activity public transportation was coming to a grinding halt. And we thought we have a sort of unique ability to increase the parking supply around a given area. We know how to do it. We know how to use digital marketing effectively. So we launched a campaign within about 24 hours of, of having this idea and saying, right, how do we increase the number of spaces around all the hospitals which we'd identified, um, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 spaces minimum around all the major hospitals and um, give health workers a cheap and a, an affordable and convenient affordable place to park. But even better, can we reach out to our community and say, you know what, let's make it free for health workers. I'll not even charge people. You know, we've all got to stick together during this time. And the last thing health workers want to be thinking about is a finding a parking space, but also paying for one. And yeah. Yeah. Um, our community of space owners, both new and existing, the reception and feedback was phenomenal. We've had thousands of uh, homeowners, small business owners, and I include churches, schools, um, have basically opted in to our free health worker campaign and said, look, I'm very happy for my parking space to be used by anyone who's sort of registered as a critical care worker for free during this period. Obviously we were aware of what you were doing and, and what other people were doing and we wanted to bring it all together. Can you talk a little bit about the experience of, of working with uh, partners like Your Parking Space and Parkopedia and what Just Park have brought to the table for this initiative? So when I heard that the BPA um, were keen to collaborate um, alongside some other technology partners, we were delighted. Um, we felt it did need a um, some leadership and obviously the BPA are in a great position to, to provide that. And we already had a relationship with Parkopedia in terms of feeding them all the parking spaces that are that are listed on the Just Park website and app, and to effectively make Parkopedia, which is you know by far the largest and most comprehensive database of, of parking information, to make that as the sort of put that up front and center and promote that as the the gateway to to finding available and you know free parking spaces close to hospitals just made perfect sense, and so. We, we updated our feed to Parkopedia so they understood which spaces had opted in for free parking. Obviously, in the past you know, two, three weeks, our inventory, which had free parking, it grew by you know, a couple of thousand spaces um, and all of them close to hospitals. So you know, the, the volume of inventory we were able to upload to Parkopedia has just 
it's gone through the roof, which is fantastic. And one one key element, um, we started off by encouraging people who live or work or own property and land around hospitals to make their spaces available. We weren't focusing on the key workers because we knew we had a large user base. We were already promoting it. We didn't feel we needed to sort of promote it to the actual drivers. It was more about like, make sure we've got enough space so we can actually be useful here. As soon as the conversation started with BPA, we realized that actually we, we need to make this more driver centric. We need to make sure that we are verifying who the key workers are so that the spaces are reserved, are made available just to key workers. We don't want you know, someone who's commuting, still going about their daily business to take up these spaces when we really want them for key workers. And our community of space owners have explicitly said, we want these to be made available to key workers. So we had to do some work. We made some um, significant investment over a number of days to tailor our product, to update um, some of the core messaging, which you'll see on our homepage, on our apps, um, which provide really clear information on how to get verified um, as, a, as a key worker. It's been uh, great to witness how various uh, different organisations can pull together in a short space of time and produce something that would normally take a lot more in terms of planning and meetings and project management. It's all come together very quickly. Uh, it's been great to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the you know companies who are who don't necessarily work together before or who are com you know normally competitive, collaborating for the greater good, for helping each other out, for mm -hmm. You know the the benefits. It's a it's a win win all round. You know it's fantastic for um, sort of a parking industry brand. It's fantastic mm. for key workers. It's fantastic for the local communities who feel they're contributing to the relief effort. And you know it's fantastic for our you know our respective teams to feel like they are they are they're doing their bit as well. From your perspective, what advice would you give to uh, particularly the smaller operators on how to survive the uh, financial challenges that they're facing at the moment? That's a great question. So at Just Park, we work with a number of small operators, uh, small, medium and large. And I've spoken to, to a few of them over the last couple of weeks. And, and they're feeling a lot of pain, quite understandably. You know, you, you, when, you, when you do your sort of SWOT analysis and identify, you know, what the risks are, a global pandemic normally isn't one of them. <laughs> um, so, yes, you know, we can always talk about all the government interventions, job retention screen, scheme, etc., I know of a number, number of companies that have effectively put the company into hibernation. They've furloughed the entire team. They're saying, look, we're going to reduce our, our costs down to as close to zero as possible and hope that we can come out the other end of this um, in one piece. My, my instinct is that when things start to get back to normal, I think we're going to see some, quite a lot of consolidation in this market. I think mm -hmm. we're going to see a lot less small operators. A few of them are going to merge. A few of them are going to get um acquired um by by some larger ones so I, I think it's going to be less fragmentation i think um a lot of them who may have been reluctant to embrace new technologies be it mobile payments be it anpr will start seeing the the cost benefits of doing so because they're going to be looking at their cost base very very closely uh, they'll be looking at how to maximize revenue they'll be looking at smart initiatives such as dynamic pricing and um, other things which are very focused on maximizing um, yield. And I think a lot of the hardware providers are also gonna feel some pain because I'm already seeing on Twitter, um, 
where people don't want to use pay and display machines. They don't want to use pay on foot machines. They hate the idea that a hundred other people have put their grubby paws on that on that keypad Understandably. In, the last, yeah. in the last day. Hmm. Um, and that is a really, really big problem because the majority of their revenue comes from selling, you know, large pay on foot machines and the the investment they've made in, in R&D, et cetera, and hmm. a lot of these are global companies, are going to struggle, especially if their clients and the industry moves very fast to a much more digital, hands-off type, you know, user experience. You know, clients who were on our lead list may no longer be on our lead list. Locations which were really uh, hot for, you know, amazing locations in terms of parking revenue and income and, and the opportunity may not be in the future because actually, you know, parking around tube stations, you know what, people may not want to take public transport for a while. The, the yeah. demand around public transport stations may drop considerably, may fall off a cliff. Mm. Um, whereas actually parking demand, ironically, in central London, in commercial offices, because people are going to be commuting using private transport a lot more, yeah. is going to soar. I, I just don't know. I don't think anyone knows right now. But I think thinking about what the new world is going to look like um, post-social distancing and um, uh, post this crisis is a really interesting conundrum. Thank you. It's, it's going to be uh, very interesting to see where we go when we come out of this and, and how human behavior changes and how mobility changes. Uh, people were forecasting lots of things before this happened. This has certainly put a curveball on things, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest change for me is going to be mass transit. This isn't about you know public transport versus private car usage. For me, it's is it public transport, which is mass transit, or is it private car, or is it micro-mobility, but private micro-mobility? Mm. So scooters, bikes, the investment in um, cycle lanes, legalizing uh, electric scooter usage, making it much safer for individuals to travel um, via private transportation. And of course, people uh, uh, working from home, they prove they can. It's <laughs> sure. illustrating today. Yeah, yeah, but we're, we're fortunate we're filming this. Uh, we're, we're recording this at 8.49, so I don't have uh, a little two and a half year old sitting on my lap screaming, screaming through the microphone. Um, but, you know, working from home is fine in a lot of the time, but some, uh, yeah. for a lot of people, it's, it's um, a little disruptive. Yeah, and um, even isolating as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting. Um, a very fascinating you know, time, to, time to be in this industry as well. Um, don't get me wrong, it's, it's painful, <laughs> but it's, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's fascinating. And just one final question from me. We've gone through a period of time now where people haven't been paying for parking, particularly key workers. How do you see the transition happening going back to paying for parking? I think if you're an operator who has invested a lot of money in building a car park for a hospital and you rely on charging um, to, to pay that back. Some of the conversations they're going to be having with the, the hospital trusts and the government are going to be very interesting. I think at a time when the NHS brand has never been stronger, especially in the public's eyes, I don't see how we can go back to charging healthcare workers. I think it's going to be a real struggle to start charging patients. I don't know what they're going to do, but I imagine that they've thought about it. The NHS may just need to make up that shortfall with um, additional funding. 
there's, there seems to be a magic money tree so they just might not fund that as well at the moment <laughs> um but um yeah we're gonna have to adapt i think parking charges will change and i think we're just gonna have to be quite creative about how we adapt our business to this um to the new world but i'm looking forward to the challenge Thank you, Anthony, for your time on the, the podcast. It's been a great pleasure chatting with you. Thank you very much for having me. Stay safe. Thank you. You too. Wow, wasn't that a great interview? And really good to hear all these rich insights about not just parking in this current pandemic, but thoughts around how it's going to change in the future. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because he, he sort of, you know, this, this conversation was all about, um, or this interview was meant to be all about um, the parking app, which is um, hugely important. But actually, what he touched on around how, how the sector is going to change as a result of this pandemic is really crucial um, for, yeah. for how everyone comes out of it. And I think, and I think his points about, um, you know, people people not wanting to touch things anymore and you know those changes in behavior are going to you know they're not not only going to impact the parking sector they're going to impact the wider community and i can i can see it happening even in my house you know we're all much mm. more careful about the contact we're having with things and thinking about that and that's not going to change overnight no yes the uh the friendly handshake and hug could be something we think twice about in the future sadly but uh we're getting a bit deep, aren't we? I think we should move on to our next speaker, don't you think? Yeah, so now we have Harrison Woods, who is the co-founder and CEO of Your Parking Space. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about his involvement in the free NHS parking platform. I was just wondering if you could tell me a bit more about um, what you do and um, where you got to where you are now in terms of your parking space. You started on Dragon's Den. Yeah, that was that was really so. The foundations of of my business career was was Dragons Den, and it was in the parking sector. Uh, the business at the time wasn't your parking space, but we got an investment offer on the show, and subsequently sold that business. And then I launched your parking space with my business partner Charles. Um, and really, it was launched on on the foundation of um, bringing car park operators online. Uh, I saw the sector and saw that there was little technology development, and as the larger incumbents, the QParts app coas, um, grew. Uh, the market also grew with hundreds of other operators, and no longer was a, as a big sign good enough on the outside of a car park. Um, and yeah, the, the foundations of your parking space was to bring those smaller operators online and give them the same visibility that's afforded to those operators which were on the main road. Um, and yeah, that was the foundations of it. It was wasn't didn't really set off to be a technology business. It set off to be a shop window. Um, and it's evolved now. We, we call ourselves a technology business, but yeah, that, that's the foundations. And that's great. Thanks for that, Harrison. I'd, maybe I'd like to ask you a question. Um, kind of in two parts. The, the whole COVID pandemic, which is the focus of, of this podcast, has affected everyone. And in the parking sector, it's affected the parking business. But also, we're aware that uh, yourselves and other operators have done things to provide a resource for key workers, for NHS staff and so on. Could you tell us a bit about both aspects, how it's affected your business and, and, and yeah. what you did before uh, the website came into, into life? Yeah, so in terms of how it's affected our business, obviously at first it's it's a bit of a panic stations. You've got uh, your traditional consumer demand dropping off. Um, so we sort of, we went back to basics and we 
for us, we set up a three-stage plan. One was to survive. Um, second to was f- to fund the business to make sure it's it keeps going. And then the next strategy for us was to slingshot and make sure that when things get back to normal, we c- we can um, we can progress with pace. Um, and yeah, it's been quite refreshing actually because as we were a fast-growing business, and so I think we we got recognised as the hundred and seventieth-ish fastest-growing business in Europe. You can get consumed with the day-to-day operations, you're having hundreds of thousands of customers using you, you're winning proposals left, right and centre and you can actually be chasing your tail a lot of the time. So it's real able just to go back to the sort of four, back in 2014, the startup mentality. We don't really have as many customers to focus on at the moment um, and focus on the product and improve the product. Um, and that's really where we've taken ourselves. We've, we've survived, we've ticked that box. Um, funding, we, we're fine there. Um, and yeah, it's about looking back at the product for us now. And, and a big part of looking at the product was, well, how can we help more with the product? How can we assist um, people in this crisis? And the first thing that came to mind was NHS, um, frontline workers. And it was really simple. We've got hundreds of thousands of spaces and hundreds of commercial landlords with available parking space now that it's not been used. Um, how can we provide that for free? And, and that's really where we started on the journey. Of, of our support for the NHS uh, campaign. Thanks, Harrison. And and then um, we uh, obviously spotted what you were doing, and uh, our friends at Just Park and Parkopedia gave you a call. And I wonder if you could tell us a bit about how your particular uh, business has contributed to this website and and what what you're involved yeah. in at the moment. So, um, how we ourselves directly have contributed is. Um, We've teamed up with our partners across the table, and it's, I think that's probably one of the most rewarding things here. We've obviously just Park and Parkopedia. There's areas we we compete together, but it's really brought us close together. And how can we work as as a union to 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 help the NHS and key workers? And really, we're both doing this the same ourselves. We're providing our available inventory not just to our audience and our marketplace and our audience. Um, just Park are doing the same on their audience. And we've got Parkopedia here, who is really a, um, is the leading for SEO and and visitors of of online parking and searches. We've combined both of those inventory loads from us and Just Park and pushed it onto a single portal to to streamline um, search, really. So you can go to one portal and you can see the entirety of inventory, which just only does one thing. It, It gives the NHS staff the quickest and the most efficient way to see all options on the table and then a second area we also do is we 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 run a validation service so um just to ensure that the right people are getting the free parking we make sure that we um validate all the nhs staff that they are nhs and also all the key workers and we make sure that they have access to these spaces it's been a great uh dare i say the cliched word journey so far we we gave you guys a call and um in the in the space of a week with a bit of weekend work we had a landing site uh, on the bpa set up to give a bit more information which pointed everyone in the direction of parkopedia it's it's really been exciting to be part of it and see how it's developed can, can you see any ways in which it can it can provide other aspects other offers to these important nhs heroes 
Yeah, so where I see this going in the future, I think there's already conversations of how we can extend our assistance to NHS once this crisis is over, which was touched on briefly. But in sort of the short and in interim area, what we see is, first of all, providing as much inventory into a single place, which is Parkopedia, so the NHS staff can access. Um, but as you'll know, we're building a secondary part where we can allow the supply of space to quickly get listed. So we know that, yes, there is a lot of supply for NHS staff, but we need more. Um, so the second iteration of the site, which we're collectively assisting in building, is to allow first the operators to quickly upload their inventory so then it's accessible by the NHS staff. And then finally, the landlords direct, so landlords who wish to be involved in the scheme can request that they're involved. And then where we see the long-term vision of this is really an, a single area where NHS staff can register direct so they can have access to all these spaces. Now, there's quite a little bit of logistics in that, um, but that's really where the vision is, is aiming at. Hopefully from our side, this, this is the beginning of helping within the crisis. But again, outside of the crisis, I think there's a lot of questions where, where this industry can support the NHS more. And, and that's what I'm excited about, actually. I'm just I'm just curious but my sister's um, an occupational therapist in the community so are you thinking of this kind of beyond beyond the crisis NHS staff can can park for free because I know that she sometimes has problems so I think I think in terms of parking for free beyond the crisis just in terms of being a, a commercial business and they're not really our spaces there are landlord spaces I think that that would we can't promise that, but what I certainly think we can do is make sure that there is an opportunity that NHS staff know where they can park, where they can park more affordably um, and grow out that network for them. Um, I've heard today there was a lot of talk about um, hospital parking, hospital parking charges. Um, there's clearly a, a, an issue with NHS getting charged for parking and also not only that, an issue with supply around hospitals. Can we bring more supply around those hospitals and we can we make it more affordable? Yes, I believe uh, the NHS has Piers Morgan uh, supporting them. Whether that's good or bad is up for debate, but he certainly uh, was on the case this morning, wasn't he? Yeah, no, say if Piers is on it, um, something's going to get done. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, I think it, it's um, he's doing a good job uh, bringing attention to the market. Um, and I think I don't think he'll 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 when he says he's involved in a campaign, I've seen him follow it through. So I think um, it's good to pay attention to what Pierce is saying, especially in the parking sector. He's very influential. Yeah, indeed. I wondered um, if you thought about how uh, this pandemic is, is affecting how we are moving around. More of us are working from home um, and that will have a, a, another different impact on the parking sector after the restrictions have lifted. How can you see the parking sector uh, changing, needing to adapt to uh, different patterns in the future? So I think the first thing is um, we've seen it from our side, a, a request to get away from touch points within car parks, so payment machines, um, ticket machines. We've had a number of our clients actively reaching out asking, can we create an automated cashless solution? So I see a natural shift even faster than where we were seeing it going to cashless. Um, which is, can be expected, but I think that's certainly going to be speeded up after this. Um, the big one for me is I think the parking sector will probably evolve or should be evolving into being more partners with the providers in which they partner with. Um, yeah. Instead of just providing a parking service, which is the payment of collection of cash and the management of sites, 
they're really the hub of where everything starts, whether you're in a hospitality or retail or, or the parking set, the parking car parts themselves. And operators will need to evolve to be partners and facilitate other things rather than parking as the focus to survive um, and to thrive, which is the most important part after this. Do I see parking um, coming back and being as popular as it was following this? Yes, I, I have no doubt that that will be the case. Um, I think it's going to be longer to get back to the norms in terms of volume than we could anticipate. But when it does get back to the norm, I see it um, increasing. You mentioned parking operators that aren't already partnering with you. If I was a landlord or a small parking operator, I wanted to offer some of my space. How would I go about doing that? So you'll on the website, um, you'll be able to go to a landing page for landlords and they can request that they're added to the scheme and they simply need to inform us of who the operator is and we'll reach out and make contact and ensure those locations can go live. You mentioned at the start that um, you were kind of responding to to the crisis and this is how this came about. Have you got any advice for smaller parking operators how to manage um, the crisis that we're going through at the moment? Um, I, I think the uh, focus should be on survival and as quickly moving from surviving to, to thriving and quickly looking at how you can open yourselves up to partnerships to make sure that you're offering the widest service to, to your clients moving forward. Um, is, is what I suggest. Um, utilize technology to open up your sites and ultimately your client sites to the large, you know, largest possible audience. Don't just restrict yourself to that sign on the outside of the car park. Um, we all shop online, we all travel online, um, we book our holidays online. It's no different in parking. And not to be online is just restricting your own revenue stream. Uh, and also your landlord revenue stream and also data of users that are coming in. So just be agnostic. There's lots of companies that do it. It's not just your parking space. Just Park are awesome. Uh, there's companies like Parklet, Parking Space Rentals, Gumtree, uh, Viva Street. These are all on Facebook, all online channels that you should be putting. It's, a for, it's free. It doesn't cost anything to do. You get your space in front of those audiences and not to be fearful of it. These, these providers are there to help you. Um, and yeah, that's what I'd suggest. It's, it's reaching out to, to utilise technology to do things smarter. Harrison, it's been great chatting with you and uh, uh, really great thanks for uh, participating. And uh, I'll be chatting to you soon, no doubt, on one of our many tech meetings for the website. Awesome. Thanks for your time, guys. And yeah, good luck with the podcast. I'm sure it's going to be a great success. Cheers. Take care. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so Harrison brings a different perspective to this podcast. And we're immensely grateful for the hard work him and his team have contributed to launching this resource. So we're going to conclude with Ali Toos, who I've known for the last two years uh, working at the BPA. She is very busy and active helping local authorities as they respond to the pandemic. And she's also going to talk about her role and what she's brought to the table for the website in terms of what local authorities need and what all these critical care workers and NHS staff need to know about local authority car parks. Well, hello, Ali Tooze. Um, hello. Really nice to have you on the, on the first podcast here at the BPA. Before we talk about the uh, free NHS parking website, um, to hear a bit about your role for those who don't know, 
um, what you do for the BPA. Okay, thanks Julian. Um, so my role at the BPA, I'm part of um, the team that supports membership, so that's our, our focus in looking after members and in particular my role, my job title is membership development manager, but my role predominantly is in supporting and managing our local authority membership. Excellent. So before we get on to what we're doing at the BPA, I wondered if you could give us a, a summary of of the challenges they're facing and how they're responding to the pandemic at the moment. Yeah, sure. Yeah, one of the I mean one of the first and biggest concerns was how to continue their very important role in managing the streets of the UK and making sure that routes were kept clear. Um, you know, the temptation there was to, you know, sort of pull back very hard on enforcement. Um, big concern obviously was car parks and that relates to what we're talking about today and um, obviously authorities saw the occupancy of those car parks start to drop very very quickly as people's movement became restricted um, and they were very quick to look at removing parking charges there are some other small issues around um, parking machines and the obvious um, contact that people have with those and the risk of spreading viruses. Um, so they were having to think very, very quickly about, you know, sort of what to do with their car parks, um, as well as the, as I say, the practical issues for those who, who were still taking payments for a while of how to do that and keep people safe. What are you hearing on the ground about how individual uh, CEOs are having to change their role, people on, on the ground enforcing or what used to be enforcing parking doing, doing different things is there anything you can share on that well I'm, I'm sad to say um we've seen a very sharp increase in the volume and level of abuse of frontline officers um and quite unpleasant abuse including spitting which clearly in the middle of a pandemic is, is quite horrific um i think also many members of the public are, are failing to understand and seriously questioning why they are still out there working um, so this is something we've taken to government and is being discussed, I understand, at quite a high level. On a positive note, um, some officers have been redeployed into wider community support roles. So we're seeing, we're seeing that happen in a number of areas, um, doing their bit to help local residents with supplies and other aid. I am a volunteer responder for the NHS and I believe you are as well. I am, yes, I have. And I don't know if you received an email yesterday. I did. Um, so I suppose for purposes of how old, depending on how old this podcast is, so evening of the 14th of April, I got my email from the Royal Voluntary um, Society and it was about lots of things to do with volunteering, but within that there was information about parking pass and also um, the NHS Free website that the BPA and its members have have put together. Cool, brilliant. And have you used it yet? Because I don't have a car, so I haven't used it yet. Um, I haven't purely because so far, and I, I think from conversations I've had with the RVS, um, my understanding is it's gradually going to sort of roll out, and the email attested to that that assignments will start to be rolled out a little bit more in the next couple of weeks. But but no, it's purely because I've not been asked to do anything, so I haven't. I haven't sort of had to look for parking. Andy, I was going to ask um, a, a bit about your role in developing the free parking website that the BPA have been 
uh, putting together with our friends Just Park and Your Parking Space. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was uh, in the early conversations setting up and it soon became apparent that we needed uh, the local authority perspective. And I just wondered if you could just talk about what you brought to the table as we've developed this website and, and how it's helped local authorities providing free parking. I think we were keen in this this whole sort of healthcare worker scheme and the government pass and that rolls onto the, the website that supports that to minimise their their need to do extra work to make all of these things happen. Um, and so that's why they're not involved in the distribution of the passes themselves. Um, the, their only role is to recognise their existence and, and obviously make their frontline officers aware that these passes exist. Certainly very much with the website, um, we didn't want something where they were having to enter all of their car park data from scratch because that seemed like an unnecessary burden on stretch teams as it was. So, so the thinking behind using Parkopedia is that data is already there. Um, and the only thing they may need to do is to update it to reflect anything that's changed. Thank you, Ali. And uh, I think it's it's amazing that every local authority car park is listed on Parkopedia. Mm. So effectively, it's a massive choice of free parking uh, for all of these groups. I think also the collaboration opportunities um, have been great. Um, we we as an organisation certainly have have collaborated with with others that we we may have wanted to in the past and for one reason or another it just hasn't happened um, and going forward those relationships will be hugely beneficial to um, our members and I think also the collaboration of BPA members um, you know that feeling of coming together that the fact that we are such a big membership um, and community across the UK has been incredibly valuable in this situation for people to be able to talk to each other work together um, and we've got to continue that as we progress towards the the sort of exit phase and coming out into whatever the new normal looks like great well thank you very much ali um it's been a pleasure having you on today it's been a pleasure being here thank you that brings us to the end of our launch podcast we hope you've enjoyed listening to it and we hope you'll join us at the next one. Take care and stay safe.